Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm Teletrice and I'm joined by the lovely Colleen. Hello. And today we are talking about Detective Conan episode 219, The Gathering of the Detectives, Shinichi Kudo versus Kaido Kid. Um, we're talking about part two in air quotes yep. since it's a two hour special and we're breaking it into three episodes. Yeah. Don't, it's long don't, don't question ours so remember the conan's hint is tenyin coin it, the the episode started with a completely different case that had nothing to do with uh, this larger one besides having kaido kid in it um and briefly mentioning hakaba from magic kaido but uh maybe the hint should uh come up here so we'll keep the tenyin coin in mind yeah the title is even a mashup because the next part is the gathering of the, of the detectives, but Shinichi's not even in it. They actually like have yeah. this like, whole little part where he's like, "Oh, they kind of have it backwards." Here? They kind of have it backwards. It should be Shinichi Kudo versus Kaido Kid, the gathering of the detectives. Exactly. So the second case of the special begins with Ron arriving home and revealing to Kogoro that he received an envelope. He opens it and it says, "Due to your skills, you have been selected to join us at this mill." We invite you to a party for all great detectives. Also in the envelope is a check for 2 million yen, which gets Kogoro's attention. And rather than being signed by a name, it reads, The Shadow Child That God Abandoned. Colleen, I heard you sign off on your letters the same way. Yes, so I sometimes go by a great detective of the North, but uh, I also sign this way. So, yeah, fun fact, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so 28 minutes into the special, we get the opening theme song, finally. And it kind of gives us his little introduction. He says, today, Kogoro has to reason, but he isn't the only one. In Conan episode 219, it will be many detectives versus Kid. It's very funny for him to actually say the episode number. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many episodes. Can you believe that, Colleen? 219? Yeah, that's a lot for an anime. You know what's even more? Like 1,000, and I don't even know which number we're at right now. Yeah, and that's a lot for a podcast as well. <laughs> don't remind me. Um, yeah, But instead of the standard opening, um, we get a little montage of Kogre rent- renting a car, and then they start driving to where the episode will take place. I thought this was all nice and gave uh, gave the special a uh, unique feel, but it was funny that it came in. After, like, a whole case that transpired. Yeah. Um, it, and I like how they injected, like, enough humor in it to make it a memorable little sequence. Like, even the part where the uh, the rental, the car rental employee was, like, waving at Conan. And Conan, like, acts like a little kid and he's hiding. Um, <laughs> he's so cute. And the guy's just, like, so, so de- dejected. He's like, oh, the kid hates me. <laughs> yeah, and then they fall asleep during the car ride. Yeah. Because it's been a long time. And, and uh, while us, driving... Yeah, and they show us like just the drive. and So, I don't know. It's kind of like this weird slice of life thing, but I, I dug it. While driving, Kogoro gets a flat tire. Kogoro goes to his trunk, but there's no spare there. Conan then points out that luckily they're by a gas station. Kogoro then runs to the location. And apparently they just have, I don't know, whatever you need to fix a tire there. Because they're able to just keep on driving afterwards. I don't know. I feel like if I had the situation, 
at a random gas station, they'd be like, what, what do you want me to help? <laughs> we don't you have any do spare tires here. Sorry. Yeah. Maybe they patched but, uh, it up or something. Yeah. Either way, they got lucky. Um, we see it turn to night and it begins to rain. The car now fixed. They wind up driving through the woods, which the gas station attendant told them was a shortcut. They had a funny name for the gas. It was like a gas. Uh, do you remember what they kept calling it? It was a like. They didn't say station. Uh... It's like a. It was really goofy. Oh shoot! I, can't was it? What it was. I don't know. The only thing that's coming to mind is petrol station, but I I think they were using gas, or at least the subs. Um, no, nah, it wasn't a. I don't know. It wasn't that exciting, but <laughs> I thought it was funny. It's not going to be worth looking up, but I kind of want to look it up anyhow. Just for our so let me quickly look this up. Yeah, because, I don't know, they they mentioned it several times. Let's see. It actually, be, it's actually, oh. The, gasoline, the gasoline stand. stand. <laughs> I just saw that too. Who calls it a stand? It's pretty goofy. It, was, it definitely was not a stand. <laughs> a stand? Like, no, I'm thinking a like a building. lemonade stand here. I'm going to Google gasoline stand here. I don't know, even a filling station. There's the Wikipedia page for it. It says, also known as a gas station or a petrol station. Where's the stand, bro? Stand. Oh, here we go. In Japanese, a commonly used term is gasoline stand, although the abbreviation SS for service station, not, not the Nazi kind, is also used. Oh, the more you know. How common are gas stations where you are that uh, have the employees oh, that come out and interesting. put the gas in your car? Is that still a thing? So they actually say gasoline stand in like English. It's not like a, a translation. Huh. Goes to show you how much I listen to what they're actually interesting. saying. Interesting. So we all learn a little something. Uh, so he finally gets onto the... Uh, yeah, so they're driving through the woods, which the, um, gas stand guys said was a shortcut. Um, and they finally get back on the road and suddenly they're near the castle that they're going to. Kogoro notes that it looks creepy and Ron's like, oh, I'm scared because I'm Ron. <laughs> and I'm scared of anything supernatural. And she's like, it, look, it looks like Dracula's castle. And he's like, there's not going to be a monster. Dracula isn't in Japan. Um, yeah, Kagura says, Dracula wouldn't be staying in Japan, but you may see a monster. And then he sees an old woman just standing in the middle of the road. <laughs> Very ominous. They, yeah, they jam on the brakes and they stop just before hitting her. And Kagura yells out, a monster. The woman then chides them for driving so fast while it is raining. And she says her car's engine has failed and she was waiting for somebody to come by. She then asks for a ride to the castle and she gets in the back. Ron asks her father if they're almost there, as she needs to use the restroom. The old woman then <laughs> grabs into her purse and pulls out the old, old-fashioned advice here. She <laughs> says, They say that those who do well respect their chances. Those who pass on chances may never be presented with that chance again. <laughs> she then tells Ron that she should have gone to the bathroom at the gas stand. 
Conan's like, how did you know we were at the gas stand? And she says it was because the ashtray in the car is empty. Well, there's a cigarette below it. That means that Kogoro is a heavy smoker. And he must have emptied it there, as a gentleman kind enough to pick up an old lady wouldn't throw cigarettes out the window. If only she knew. Yeah, like, and she's supposed to be a detective. Like, she's totally read him wrong. The lady then introduces herself as Sinma Furio and reveals she's also a detective. Ron recognizes the name as she's famous for her ability to solve cases from her armchair just by hearing the details. She then takes the ashtray and asks Kogoro not to smoke in front of her at the castle as she hates cigarette smoke. They then come to a crossroads and they go to the left. They go over a wooden bridge to the castle. Ron rushes to use the toilet, and Conan is admiring the cars out front. Kegra mentions that there's a Benz, a Ferrari, a Porsche, and even an Alfa Romeo. Romeo owner tells Kegra not to touch his baby with his dirty hands. He's like, I worked five years for this, I can't let you <laughs> touch my baby girl with your dirty, filthy hands. And it turns out that the driver is Mogi Harafumi who Senma is familiar with, another detective. They then knock on the door, and they're welcomed by a maid who lets them inside. Uh, what are your first uh, your first thoughts, first impressions on the uh, two detectives we meet off the bat, um, the old lady and then Mogi? Yeah, so I, I think it's really fun that uh, they're meant to be inspiration, like inspired by other fictional detectives. So it's kind of cool, like, trying to guess which ones they are. And we're going to meet some more later, too. But for Senma, like, I thought she was so suspicious. Um, I don't know. I've, I've become so <laughs> distrustful of, like, seamlessly... Women. No. Oh. <laughs> like, these innocent situations where, like, oh, yeah, my car broke down. Like, I don't know if you're telling the truth. Maybe you're just pretending, like, your car broke down and for you have some motive, some reason for uh, trying to hitch a ride with Kogoro and Co. So that was my impression of Senma. Whereas Mogi, I'm thinking, okay, um, I, I guess he didn't really make much of an impression. He was just sort of like this kind of tough, like seemingly tough, I suppose, like uh, whatever kind of guy. I don't know. I didn't really, he didn't have a strong of an impression on me. So here's the vehicles that were shown, because if the Detective Conan wiki loves anything, it's going into detail on vehicles. That is true. The Mercedes uh, Benz is the silver Mercedes Benz E-Class W210. They even list the license plate number. Like, we don't need to know. It's Shinjuku 300. Like, why are you telling us this? It's in case, ridiculous. In case someone wanted to use that license plate number. There's also a 1971 blue Alfa Romeo GT 1300 Junior A3 series. There's a 1988 red Safari, uh, sorry, red Ferrari uh, F40, a white Fiat Nuova 500, and a yellow 1999 Toyota Fun Cargo. That was 1998. I'm pretty sure that was Kogros. I think Kogro had a Toyota rental. And then finally, there is a 1964 green Vanden PS Princess. So, lots of cars. 
Yeah. Apparently, Kogro got really excited by the Alfa Romero, as opposed to the other ones. It's an it's an expensive car. Aren't they all though? Yeah, but like I don't I don't know. I feel like Alfa Romeo is, is like even further. Let me look up. <laughs> Let's look up the cost. Because that's something that the wiki did not include. Yeah, they didn't tell us who was the most expensive. I feel like I could eventually afford a low-end Ferrari. I don't feel like I could ever afford an Alfa Romeo. Um, configure and buy. Let's see the first Alfa Romeo. What country should we be from? United States. <laughs> All right, the 2023 Julia. We're designing our own vehicle. I didn't think this would be so complex. I just wanted a price. <laughs> you heard it here live oh. on the podcast. Do I want to buy or lease? I guess I'll buy. Okay, here we go. Oh, you know what? I guess I could buy like a cheap Alfa Romeo, Julia. Because, um, like, the low end's like 45000 Oh, so that's not too bad. They're making it out to be like... A million dollar car they're like oh my well, gosh Navarro, i'm no. sure nicer ones and this one seemed like i was gonna say a vintage model but then i realized well this was made like 20 years ago so maybe that was just whatever was new at the time well they are like high-end cars yeah i don't know maybe they just don't show like the fancy ones on their website <laughs> <laughs> like you can't afford it if you're checking our oh. website, then obviously you can't afford. Like the uh, Julia Quadrifoglio is starts at eighty thousand, while the Stelvio starts at eighty six thousand. That's more. I would I would not pay eighty six thousand for a car, but it has a little recyclable symbol, so that's nice, I guess. <laughs> so if you crash yeah. it, then at least you can recycle that car. Well, you know what? They had the exact types of cars there. So, let me look real quick. Let's figure out how much that Alfa Romeo was. Because now, now I'm invested. <laughs> Alright, so that was... Welcome to the Expensive the... Car Podcast, where we talk about cars that appear in Detective Conan. GT1300 Junior 3A Series. Oh, so his car was retro, too. So this seemed like 1971. Let's click shopping. Uh, I'm just finding die-cast car models. <laughs> uh, praise. Okay, so one of these... Went for like one hundred seventeen thousand. So. Oh, is that all? <laughs> I guess. Well, no, it's actually yeah, really good like the... that you're putting this into perspective because something happens to know. these cars later. <laughs> yeah, but they're all they're all nice cars. Anyhow, guess we should talk about the podcast, like the episode. Eh, I guess. All right. So the maid is called. Uh, Wait, who are we talking about? 
So <laughs> okay, the, yeah. The maid, maid just knocked on maid the door. lets them inside. And she's then called by the cooking detective, <laughs> Ugami Shukazen, who learns that the cook for tonight is sick and can't make it. Outraged. He's like, I, I only came here for the mill. He decides to do the cooking as they still have the ingredients. Also, what a smart detective. <laughs> or what a smart um cook to just avoid this whole situation and not show up yeah yeah exactly smarter than the maid the maid like the whole way that the maid was hired was super weird but yeah i would have not showed the up. cook's like yeah forget it um she must have really needed work her resume must be terrible i don't even know how she found out about this job like was she yeah, was it temp, on Craigslist? Temp i don't know but uh, the cooking detective, he now he left an impression because he, he was just sort of like cranky from the get go. You're just like, how am I supposed to watch this episode and enjoy myself with one of these guys as the main character? And I love how he introduced. Well, maybe it's after he introduces himself. He's like, I'm only good at two things: being a detective and cooking. And it's like, I don't know. It's just funny. That's two more things that I'm good at, so I respect it. Oh, yeah, major respect. But it's almost like if you're going to be a detective, like most of these people, their their thing is being a detective. Like that's their claim to fame. That's what they're good at. And then this guy on top of it is also a Michelin star chef. So Ron rejoins the group and Sinma asks about why they were invited. The maid says there's two other detectives coming, a woman and a boy. Um, Ron wonders if it's Shinichi and Kenan's like, no, he, he's definitely not here. It's probably Haiji. Um, but she says they were unable to get those two as they couldn't find Shinichi and Haiji. <laughs> Haiji's mom called and said he has exams. So let me get this straight. Um, Haiji can't come because he has exams, which his mommy told the people that he can't come. Yeah. But it was fine for Kogoro to pull Ron and Conan out of school for this. They didn't have exams. No. He's in a different school system. Oh, okay. But, you know, classes. Yeah, let's just ditch class. I mean, these these kids miss so much school because they're constantly <laughs> going around with Kogoro. Hey, they have that four... Wait, no, they don't. I was going to say they have a, a four-day school week, but they're the opposite. They have six-day school weeks. Yeah, they're going on Saturday. They have longer breaks. <laughs> really long breaks. Um, She also reveals that they haven't met the owner yet. And that her job interview was strange, as there was just a computer and a piece of paper with instructions on it. The computer then said she was hired, and she never spoke with anybody directly. She must really need a job. Yeah. <laughs> the pay must have been really good to still show up after that. Yeah, I wonder if she also lives in the area, because this would probably be a long commute. Either It's either that, or like... She's the criminal. <laughs> There's no other way. It was the maid the entire she time. She invited all of them. She is a woman. It all checks out. According to you. Uh, so Senma says that she's excited. And Mogi says he's been excited since he saw the pattern on the door. Ron questions what it is. And he reveals that the pattern is dried blood. Ron asks if he's joking. But a woman uses luminol. And finds it on the stairwell as well. She says there's blood all over this mansion. A young boy then calls her work impressive. And he does a very lengthy explanation about how luminol works. <laughs> I don't know if like luminol was new. Like 
newer when this episode happened or it's just like more established but it seemed ridiculous ridiculously detailed for such a basic like like investigative detective work i mean i guess it is goofy because we never see luminol in detective and we get the chemical makeup of it as part of the explanation as well (laughs) yeah it seemed very extra um so it turns out that the woman is a former doctor turned detective so she was good at two things doctor and then detective yeah but she gave up being a doctor to become a detective wow her name is suda ikumi and the boy is hakuba sagaru from magic kaido yeah Uh, he's also the son of the police chief in that area hakuba of uh, haji's area and he then whistles and a hawk comes to him (laughs) that he's named watson what a nerd and he says i don't remember the hawk Oh no, not from the manga. I get, well, I guess Hawk no. I, I don't. I don't much. remember the hawk from Magic Kaido. Oh, he didn't bring that to school. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, although the next line, he's literally like, "Oh, I travel around with Watson everywhere," and so I guess he smelt the blood. And I was like, "What is he talking about?" And I'm just picturing because Hakuba spends a lot of time in England, right? So I'm yeah. just like, did he bring the hawk on a? plane with him did the hawk fly by himself to japan no he didn't fly to japan that's ridiculous you're being ridiculous obviously you flew him on a plane the, the <laughs> hawks not going on this epic journey like do you Across know how long ocean. it would take him to get there compared to just flying on a plane which is like a couple hours you're being ridiculous get it together colleen <laughs> I'm sorry if it just seems It's one so thing odd for to, me to derail the podcast and look at like car prices for 20 minutes, but this ridiculous notion that the hawk flew from England to Japan, you've gone too far. You've derailed the entire sorry, thing. Sorry, everybody. I'm we so can't continue stupid. this episode. <laughs> it's too stupid. Um, so Hakuma says he's excited to investigate the tragedy that occurred 40 years ago. And he references a Tokyo case. Like, where the hell are they? They're they're not even by Tokyo. Um, (laughs) Later in the evening, Mogi is playing pool with Hakuba, while Sinma defeats Kogoro at chess. Meanwhile, Ron wins a game of poker against Conan and Suda. However, Suda tells Ron not to cheat and reveals that there's a card stuck to her jack. uh, Ron apologizes and said she didn't mean to cheat. And she undone. Uh, she undoes the cards and finds out that they were stuck together due to dried blood. Gasp! Um, she acts as if she had like witnessed the murder. Ron just screams so loud. Um. Yeah, she's been playing with these cards for I don't know, a good thirty minutes, what or however long, and she just noticed now. <laughs> I don't know. Mogi then mentions that the place wasn't tampered with much following that incident. They're all making, like, vague notions to this case that was supposedly, like, covered up in a race. It's like, how do you all know what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because they're all detectives. Um, uh, and the maid then arrives, inviting them to the dining room as the master expects them. They enter the room and they see a hooded figure in a purple robe. She kind of looked uh, like Oogie welcome- Boogie. Oh, I was going to say uh, like a KKK member, but Oogie Boogie works too. Yeah, that, that's the other option. 
Um, he welcomes the six detectives to the Sunset Mansion and tells them to have a seat. Ugami then whispers to the maid to hand out the food in that order, and they all sit. The hooded figure tells them that they're here to find the treasure hidden in this place by risking their lives. We then hear all of the cars exploding outside. <laughs> Goodbye, Alfa Romeo. $170,000 down the drain. Which the figure then says is to ensure that they don't flee, as detectives are always chasing him. So just for once, he wants the criminal to be chasing the enforcers. He then tells them that they can't leave by foot either, as the rope bridge has been cut. And he says, the winner of my game will be given half the value of the treasure and passage out of here. What do you like most about this setup, Colleen? Because it's a... We've definitely had them like, oh, they were invited to a remote location and now they can't leave before. But I, I think the just the aspect of it all being detectives still makes this rather unique and sets it apart. Yeah, it has this sort of Agatha Christie vibe, you know, where and I guess other other um, fictional detective stories as well, like the, the gathering of a bunch of individuals. Um, it is fun that they're all detectives because it kind of ups the stakes, ups the ante, if you will. And uh, again, the fact that they can't leave because all the cars blew up. So yeah, it's um, it's just sort of uh, a, and it, the other interesting aspect is that apparently it's Kaido Kid that invited them. So you're just like, okay, what's his spoilers? Oh, sorry, we didn't even get there. <laughs> Oops. That's the next. That's the next sentence. See, this goes to show you I don't read the notes beforehand. No, it goes to show you you don't listen to what I say, Colin. I don't do that either. You just sit here waiting for me to ask me questions. And then you're like, I wonder if the hawk flew from England to Japan. (laughs) Well, the alternative is okay, he gets this like special crate for him that he has to put in. It's not that uncommon to transport birds, you know? Like. It's no different than, like, transporting, like, a cat or something. It's uncommon like, when it's a 17-year-old police detective's son. Like, this guy doesn't have any special license. Or, who else is gonna he's own a, a hawk? Vet. He's not a, or not a, whatever, a animal researcher. Who who else is Maybe going to Maybe that's his, like, niche. Like, he's good at taking care of hawks and being a detective. He's the hawk detective. Hawkaba. That's why he has a hawk. So, uh, pissed off by all this, Mogi walks up to the figure and rips off the hood to find a dummy with a speaker on it as the host tells them to enjoy their last meal. Kogoro asks who is responsible for this, and Suda says it was on the invitation, the shadow child that got abandoned. And then there's a lot of Japanese magic here. Um, oh, yeah. They turn shadow Sorry, I into phantom. The <laughs> and then child that god abandoned turns into yagi and that turns into goat but a baby goat is a kid and eventually it gets turned into kid the phantom thief and i was just nodding my head the whole time sure it made perfect sense to me conan then uh feels the presence of kid and believes he's here but he's unsure what the phantom thief is actually planning to do in a room with seven detectives get his revenge Oh, revenge. Suda then mentions that there are video cameras all over the place if somebody is watching them. The maid then comes in with dinner and begins serving it. 
Sinma asked if the food was specified to be placed in a specific order, but Hakaba uh, told her that it should be dealt clockwise. Ugami then tells Sinma not to worry about the food as he prepared it himself, but Hakaba brings up the silverware and glasses, and while he doesn't believe Kid would murder them, they should still all wipe off their glasses to be safe. Mogi then decides that they should play Jenkin to determine their seats instead of using the specified order. They eat the meal, and Kegaru winds up complimenting the cooking chef on it. He said, oh, are you sure are good at cooking? And he said, yes, I'm good at two things. <laughs> Being a detective and cooking, that's kind of my thing. And Colleen was like, he did the thing, he said he's good at cooking. Yep. That's exactly how I reacted. <laughs> The host then asks if they enjoyed their final meal, and he begins to give them more details. And he tells them to look at their utensils, which all have a little crow emblem on them. Gasp. What could that mean? Cue the, The like, backstory. (laughs) Yeah, ominous music time, as we're going to get some history here, which winds up being hilarious. Um, So the host says that the mystery is much deeper than it seems. And that what they're looking at is the seal of Karasuma Rinya. The table pieces, chess pieces, and even the cards were all made by him as this is his villa. Forty years ago, though, a tragedy occurred here. The richest and most famous people came here that day as Rinya had died at 99 years old. And they were holding an auction to sell off his collection of 300 items. It was set to be sold over three days and on the second night... Two soaked men came to the place. They asked to stay there as they got lost in the storm. And uh, the owner was hesitant at first. But they told the auctioneer that they had some leaves. And they're like, oh, I'll smoke it. And he lets them in after. His mood changes instantly after he smokes. So the man smoked the leaves. And others began to smoke the gift as well. And then Conan dramatically goes, Marijuana. He says this in, Amer- in English. It was very yeah. funny. Oh, well, thank you for that clarification, Conan, because it was kind of anticlimactic when they're like, we- can you trade, you know, food and shelter for leaves? And now we get to the ridiculous part. So oh, because that is- wasn't ridiculous enough. This is what happens when you smoke marijuana, kids. After a few moments of... The, it's not even like a night of debauchery and partying. It's a few moments. Just a few moments. Potent like, And stuff. it's very funny, because, like, consider Japanese culture. And, like... Because, like, uh, drugs are really um, heavily criminalized there. So, like, even, like, something like weed is very stigmatized. But even to that, this seems ridiculous to me. Like, even knowing their culture. But here's the story. I I wrote this all out. This is a direct quote. After a few moments of this, one of the guests began yelling about seeing a ghost. It's not even, like, a hallucinogenic. Right. (laughs) But, so he saw a ghost. He grabbed the vase he brought with him and began running about. One woman cried until she was unable to any longer. Like, because she one, died? <laughs> like, what does that one mean? One man took up his pen and began gouging his wrist. This happens so often. Oh, yeah. Totally, yeah. Every other day I'm hearing about this. <laughs> like, on April 20th, it's just nonstop criminal cases of people slashing their wrists with their pens because they got too high. And, and eventually, running around with vases. 
Eventually, it turned into a war over the auction items, all because of marijuana. The guests began arming themselves with swords from the auction. And so, the two men fled from this place with the auction items. When the night was over, the tragedy had just begun. You can't make this stuff up, but apparently Go Shoyama can. <laughs> it's, this is like a very important case. It's like, they build all up to this tragic backstory, and then it's just the most ridiculous thing. It's just a bunch of people getting high. <laughs> and attacking one another over stuff. <laughs> the only, like, war that happens after, like, that many people, like, light up is probably over, like, the Doritos, you know? <laughs> I don't think they had any Doritos at this party. That was their party foul. They weren't prepared. Yeah. They said, where are the snacks? And they where said, oh, we the don't chips? have any snacks. So they grabbed a sword. <laughs> and the other guy grabbed a vase, which, in retrospect, wasn't the smartest choice. I think he was my favorite of, the, of all of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what did he do? He's like, he grabbed a vase and ran around with it. Scandalous. Like, half of this doesn't even sound scary. Like, she cried until she stopped crying. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that's me, too. Like, whenever I cry, eventually you stop. Like, <laughs> Till all my tears dried up because I was dead. <sighs> this is, like, terrible. <laughs> And the fact that, like, I don't want to give, like, spoilers away, but this case comes up in a very specific manner much later on in the series. So the fact that Gosha went back to this in, like, <laughs> 700 chapters later and was like, well, you know what? This is what I need to bring right. back and make, like, very essential to the overall plot. <laughs> yeah. It just makes it so much more ridiculous. But, uh,. Out of all, you know, we usually say we call Geisha Oyama a hack, like, pay playfully. I feel like this is the one time where we can actually call him a hack. Because this was very... You know how he, like, <laughs> he always takes these breaks for the manga where he's like, we'll be off three weeks to research. He didn't do any <laughs> research here. It's like, oh, guys, what does marijuana thing. do? Okay. Yeah, we're... <laughs> It's just the most ridiculous ever reaction. It's very funny. Especially, like, I know it's... It, like, when when was this written? Like, it's been a while, you know? This this aired, what, 2001? Yeah, 2001. This was probably written a few years before that. But still, like, even during the 90s, this seemed a bit <laughs> too much. Like... Even, like, harder drugs don't, like... You don't hear somebody, like, doing cocaine and, like, crack and, like, grabbing swords. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. See, if I were in their shoes, you know, locked in an abandoned mansion somewhere and it's nighttime, because it's, like, 8 o'clock, or not 8, 10 o'clock at night. If I heard this story of a bunch of people going crazy, yeah, I'd be scared, but... Like, please give me a better reason for them going crazy than marijuana. <laughs> it's still the funniest. I, I need to take a screenshot of Conan. Just, I'll make that the image for this episode where he just goes, marijuana. Yeah. And he has, like, this shocked look on his face. 
Oh, canon. So, after this amazing story, Koger asks why this wasn't made known after it occurred. And Ugami says that somebody that died that night must have been too important to mention and it wasn't made too clear, like, who killed who. Rather than cover up the case, the police decided to erase it all from history instead. Suda finds the story all too dramatic. I'm with you, girl. <laughs> it is entirely too dramatic. He's a doctor, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, the host tells them that he wants them to reenact what happened that night, and then he he gives them all blunts. No. Um, <laughs> like, instead, he gives, them, he gives them a hint. He says, On the night that the two men glanced through the night sky, the king leapt for his treasures and ran about the palace. The queen cried away all of her tears into a goblet. <laughs> Until she and could the not knight, cry anymore. And the knight expelled his own blood. And then he was like, it was actually very difficult to come up with a hint, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first off, if you have hints, like, why did you have all these guys come here? Like, how do, how do you give a hint when you don't know what the solution is? This is all ridiculous. <laughs> Ask the maid. She's the one who set this whole thing up. Uh, Suda then calls the host an idiot. Thank you. And <laughs> she says that they would need a reason to battle. But then he says he already cast a spell on them and that they have no choice. To the one who finds the treasure, go to the fourth floor of this mansion and enter the passcode. And as I have promised, you will receive half of the treasure in the way out of here. And after he says that, Mogi and Kogro screams <laughs> out. Runs up. <laughs> <laughs> so Mogi screams out acting as if he had been poisoned he's holding his neck and then he starts laughing he's like gotcha I'm just joking ha 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 look at me I'm such it, a funny guy ha, ha, ha. I'm a funny guy I'm a jokester and he says he doesn't need the money and he's leaving now Um, and they're like how are you going to get out of here and he's like oh, I don't <laughs> I haven't out. thought that far ahead yet um However, the cooking chef, Ugami, then does the same thing. And I think Kogura is like, hey, you can't do the same joke twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he falls to the floor, and it turns out he was actually poisoned. Hakaba checks, and he reveals at the time of death, he takes out his uh, watch. Yeah. And he says, well, it's like a, it's a clock it's piece. Like a what are those called? Pocket watch. Pocket uh, watch. He takes it out, and he says, the time of death is 1034. In 51 seconds. Thank you I, for giving the seconds. I have to say this because I, I, I chuckled a little bit. Yeah, thanks for the seconds, Hakuba. But why did Hakuba do this when we have someone who used to be a doctor there? <laughs> he doesn't trust them. should just spray luminol on <laughs> On a staircase railing. And uh, so the doctor then looks at it and she says, it wasn't a joke this time. Um, she smells cyanide and she mentions like his lips going pale. And then Sinma puts a coin in his tea, and since it isn't cleaned, um, it turns out that it wasn't his tea that was poisoned. The host then says, so it all has begun. Let us hope you fare better than Detective Ugami while you're still alive. How ungrateful. Uh, like, this guy cooks a whole meal for everybody, and he's the first one to be outed. And Mogi is pissed off. He grabs the dummy, whose head comes off. And they reveal that the messages all came from a cassette tape that was connected to a timer. That's impressive. Like, to just... So, like, they kind of explain how he did it. Like, the food was specified to be served at a specific times, so he knew, like, when to talk. 
But still, the fact that he was able to pre-record this, knew that guy was specifically going to die, and, like, uh, just had to, like, he, like, because you got to time out the pauses after mm-hmm. you say something, because he reacts to what they say sometimes. Yeah, it was He's very like, fluid. Okay, they're probably going to say this, you got to anticipate it, and then I'll wait ten seconds. That's actually how, um, we record this podcast. Yeah. We're never in the same, you know, we, we don't record together. I just say all this, and then I, I know when Colleen's going to blabber on about, like, a hawk or something <laughs> flying from England to Japan, and so I just leave a space and then say, that's stupid, and then continue on, but we never actually record together. Yeah. No, you're you're revealing all our behind-the-scenes magic right now. Yeah, there's Japanese magic, and then there's podcasting magic, yeah. and we make the podcast magic happen. Or podcast magicians. <laughs> if you will. Um, so Kony then says there's two things to take away. The criminal targeted Ugami from the beginning, and the criminal is likely among them. So it's one of the detectives calling. <laughs> what a surprise. I mean, the maid is still also... <laughs> so two of the detectives are, um, or maybe the maid, are suspicious because one's kid and one's the killer. Or maybe Kid is the killer. Who knows? We'll impossible. find out. Impossible. That is impossible. Wouldn't that be funny impossible. if Kid, if Kid, after like all these goofy, fun pranks, like becomes a cold-blooded murderer? Right. Yeah. That's that's Maybe actually the ending. That's the ending of Magic Kaido, and that's why it's taking so long <laughs> to even write that manga. Because Gosho's like, "Gee, how do I make this transition?" So yeah, that, that seems like a good stopping point um, for this, and we'll, we'll finish up the rest of the case as things continue to get more dramatic we got all the backstory out of the way we got our first murder we'll see if there's more um so before we give our final thoughts on this portion um we want to give thanks to our patreon supporters so thank you to medium-sized jeffrey not too big not too small not too big not too small thank you to ryan self william lee gage and kitty kudo I, I i spoke with kitty um the other day oh, lovely. and she she revealed um, because we had a conversation about her name. Mm-hmm. She apparently she has a cat. Okay, hence the that's kitty. The, that's the kitty. Awesome. Yeah. Seems a bit more obvious now that we have. Yeah, we definitely overthought that. <laughs> but yeah, she enjoyed our our conversation about her username. Wonderful. Um, so thank you guys for making the podcast thank you possible. All so much. And uh, we have a ton of extra podcasts on the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash case reopen we do uh three bonus podcasts a month there's yaiba which was the original series that gosho ayama did before anything uh we talk about the case closed dub um the english dub which is uh, very different in a lot of the characterizations that's fun and then we talk about magic kaidos if you like kid there's a whole lot of that. We already went through all the specials, and now we're talking about 1412, which was the standalone Magic Kaido anime. Um, so that's all been very fun. Yeah. And uh, with, like, so much Magic Kaido content, I feel like I'm, like, there's an overload because this is also a Magic Kaido episode. So it's like, yeah, there's been a lot. Not that I'm complaining. Yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of content. So we've done 26, 26 times 3, Colleen. What's that number? 
78. So there's 78 bonus podcasts there. So a lot That's to listen to That's a lot of us, you know, timing our conversations to a and T. This is 142 canon podcasts. What, wait, what was the number I just gave? <laughs> 70 something. 76 or something. Okay, 142 plus 76. So roughly we're at like 218 podcasts. That's as many episodes of Conan that we've done practically. <laughs> yeah, so, so close. <laughs> so yeah, we've, we've done a lot of podcasting. Um, but yeah. So, uh, support the Patreon if you're able to. We greatly appreciate it. Lots of good podcasts there. And, um, yeah, so Colin, give me your final, well, I guess not your final thoughts, your midway thoughts mm-hmm. <laughs> of this case and what what you thought of the early portion. I mean, we kind of talked about how ridiculous the backstory is, but uh, I still think this is a very memorable and uh, good case and the setup worked, even though it's very easy to mock of how ridiculous they're, and they're like marijuana. <laughs> yeah, that's the scary backstory. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with this special because the first time I watched it, I did not understand it. I didn't understand why the the first part was there with the heist, like the clock tower heist. I didn't understand this part. Um, I didn't think it was super interesting. And I like I was kicking myself because it, it's supposed to be. It's a bunch of detectives getting together and solving this mystery together. So... Um, my history with this special hasn't been the greatest, but this is my third time watching it now. So I like I watched it the first time around, found out the big sort of surprise at the end, and now that I'm watching it again, I have a new appreciation for it. So and, uh, hopefully we'll, I mean hopefully we will talk about this particular aspect of the episode in part three, but it's definitely more enjoyable once you know a specific element. At least it's enjoyable for me. Um, so, yeah. I, I have, like, different, differing degrees of feelings around this episode. Uh, the setup is really cool. Uh, lots of suspicious characters. Um, I, I definitely have, like, the ones that I'm leaning towards as the culprit more than others. Uh, comedy is pretty good, too. I mean, Kogoro is just phenomenal every time like he out of like all of these detectives he just seems like the bumbling fool one as he always is and he's like getting taught why whatever the the thing was the shadow god thing why how that turned into fantasy. that was funny too because they're all like they're all like oh it's so obvious but conan clearly didn't figure this out either well he didn't say anything (laughs) but there's actually a little piece like where they're going over that and conan's like he has his eyes closed and he's almost like nodding in agreement like yes yes i knew that but he did not say a word of this beforehand so yeah you're just kind of thinking "Hmm, did he really um yeah it's it's you know a lot of stuff is um a lot of it was just fun sort of and even how conan and ron ended up there because it was a total fluke that shinichi and Hey, G couldn't come, so they took their spots. So, I mean, Ron being there is sort of like not necessary. Well, I but mean, she, she does so she much. Yeah, she, she, uh, you know, is um, there to get scared. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading the manga today, and there's this moment where like Kogur tells her to get into a car, and she's like, "But I gotta call the police." And then he goes, "You can call them in the car." <laughs> and it's like brilliant. 
<laughs> it's just very funny that she's like been useless for like a thousand chapters besides like her karate the occasional stuff. karate yeah. moment and like holding a light bulb <laughs> like a, a flashlight yep that's her claim to fame. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I thought this set things up well. I'm excited to see um, how this all ends. I, I don't really remember a time. I remember who Kit is. Oh, do you? That's okay. A- that's about all I've remembered from this. I don't remember who is killing them. I don't remember a ton. Um, and I, I just remember like the parts that are like significant to that come back up in Conan, like 700 episodes from now. Wait, this is 219. It'll be like 800 episodes. <laughs> it's rather ridiculous. But yeah. Um, many episodes from now, this episode becomes important again. And which is funny to think so about. So those elements that are important later on, do they have anything to do with the kid aspect of this episode? Or is no, it more like the detective? Really. Or like, I guess, what is it? It's, it's more kind of like the backstory. Oh, <laughs> that enough. brilliant backstory comes back <laughs> Sort of, yeah. All right, Are you, like with the so, enjoy this Renya guy. I I can't say anything. Okay, I don't want to. Okay, it. I've I've gone Who too far. <laughs> Who can say? Um, but yeah, it's very goofy in that manner. But uh, yeah, this is a very memorable case. I I know I really enjoyed it when I read it in the manga, and it's one of those extra sized ones. And um, it is nice that it it has so much time to actually go through the case rather than try to like speed it through to a two-parter um even if the uh first case was kind of tacked on here in this special but yeah so i i quite enjoyed this and i'm excited to see it wrap up next week so yeah uh, me too we'll do that soon so we'll, we'll finish up detective Conan episode 219 the gathering of the detectives shinichi kuda versus kaido kid next week and uh we'll see you all later bye bye and remember one truth always prevails <laughs>